0: Oh my god, welcome back, creeps. There we go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do I say? I'll just go really quick.
2: Hey.
0: No, you go, <laughs> welcome welcome back, creeps.
1: That's what that's Welcome what back, creeps.
0: That's the best I can do when it comes to a deep voice.
1: Right on. Hello, everybody. Dulce said she wanted to go first this week, so... Messed up my flow. <laughs> <laughs> Hope everybody's having a swell week.
0: I'm sorry about your flow, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> it's heavy. It's heavy. Um, I hate that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right.
0: So, any? What, how was your
1: How was my week? week? Well, yeah,
0: you've had an eventful week.
1: I have had an eventful week. I started another job, living the American dream, being employed by multiple people at the same time um it's fine it's a work from home thing so i feel like i'm being welded to this seat right now where we're recording and yeah my schedule is a little bit hectic and i also fixed that lamp for our elderly neighbor
0: yes he fixed the lamp he rewired it
1: yeah so i have to bring that back over to her actually
0: it was full of spiders
1: literally it was full of spiders Gross. Yeah. it made Two me of them itchy. Were dead. Like, the dust on it had been there for so long that when I was done, Mm -hmm. my arms were itchy like I had been in an attic in the insulation. Yeah, I, like, washed for so long.
0: Gross.
1: Um, Gross. How was your week?
0: It was good. Like, I've been so freaking busy because I'm not sure if if I talked about this, but I think, like, about a month ago, I started training this girl because our department is just, like, three people, four people, including my boss. But I was training her and then another dude got hired and now we're training him and like it's constant like questions like if I'm not focusing on my new the new part of my job I'm answering questions from here from there like either one of them
2: Yeah, yeah you know
0: and it's just how it's gonna be it's how it's gonna be for a while and like the end product the end goal is that they don't have to ask me questions anymore. And they can just do what they need to do because they already know the job and how to do it and where to get their tools. And hopefully I'll be in a position where I can research stories.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Um, Because
0: I'm really at a disadvantage when it comes to the podcast right now.
1: Yeah, but we're going to be catching up. I've been saying this, but we will be catching up. We don't have to worry about immigration anymore for a long time. Thank God. That's one thing knocked off our list. I'm officially a permanent resident here.
0: Yay. Um, When did your green card come in?
1: Well, they mailed it. Well, they made it. Yeah. They notified me to say that my green card has been made and will be on its way soon.
2: Yay. Anyway,
1: with that said, uh, from one foreigner to another, our patron of the week this week is, I want to say Kine. It could be Keen.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I'm honestly not sure. And I feel
0: I'm... like it could be Keen.
1: Keen from Norway.
0: Yay, Keen from Norway. Hopefully
1: it's Keane, not Kyan or one of them. Anyway, whatever it is, we love you dearly. Yeah. And, and enjoy if your name is Norway. not
0: and we if we mess up your name, we wish you plenty and plenty of black stallion horses in a in a big <laughs> corral. And you know, you have your big land. And you make lots of money racing these stallions?
1: Ethically. Ethically. Okay. And yeah. um, with that said, I think we're going to get stuck into some nice stories. Okay. Keen with the big black stallion corral. <laughs> Is that a Norwegian thing? I thought Norwegians just like to burn churches and be and, really into fucking metal.
0: And black metal. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. In my head, I just imagined Keen with a bunch of black stallions that are very muscular. And they That's erase. Hard. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> They're animals, animals. Yeah.
1: Please, Kian, Kian <laughs> please make sure to let us know if that is your current situation.
0: Glossy coats of, of hair,
1: of ebony. Okay. <laughs>
0: And they go, nay. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how the horses sound in Norway? Do they say nay or do they say something else like skrooflinflap or something?
1: (laughs) Probably skrooflinflap, yes. (laughs) I think that's correct.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I read that somewhere.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the Norwegian guide to big black stallions.
0: (laughs) All right, enough of that.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to get started on this. It's a little bit true crime. Actually, it's like 95% true crime.
0: And a little bit country.
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit country. No, like 5% paranormal. Oh. But my sources for this week's episode are NBC, R. Sunny TheLannyRBartlett.Medium.com, V YouTube channel. I don't know how good they are. I just needed, a, I needed to watch them to get a pronunciation or something. EthanBrown.com, GhostCityTours.com, NicoleKenny.com, CrimeMuseum.org, and NOLA.com. October 17th, 2006, 8.30pm. New Orleans police receive a call from a guest at the Omni Royal. I think it's the Omni Royal Orleans. Yeah. Either way, it's a hotel in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The guest was reporting that they could see a man's body on top of the parking lot next to the hotel. Initially, the police didn't know whether they were dealing with an accident, a suicide or a murder. Obviously, the first thing they did was search the body. And what they found was a note and army dog tags wrapped inside of a plastic bag in the front pocket of the body's jeans or pants. Yeah. The note was addressed police only and read. This is not accidental. I had to take my own life to pay for the one I took. If you send a patrol car to 826 North Rampart, you will find the dismembered corpse of my girlfriend, Addie, in the oven, on the stove, and in the fridge. And a full signed confession from myself, Zach Bowen.
0: What the fuck?
1: So, this was one of the reasons why I had to watch that YouTube video because I didn't know whether it was Zach Bowen or Bowen. Yeah, yeah bit like david bowie or bowie i'm going with bowen anyway zach grew up in california but he moved to new orleans in the early 1990s he married had two kids and joined the army where he went on to become a decorated sergeant before being discharged for what we'll get into that but okay something i actually did like a very short little snippet here but i ended up learning a lot more about him Uh so first of all he was six foot ten damn yeah this is a big fucking dude and
0: whoa in the pictures of him that? and
1: yeah i know and the pictures of him and Addie, i kind of it didn't really click i just thought like she was a tiny girl you know
0: yeah no she was a normal size girl probably. i'm pretty sure yeah she was a, like, a regular <laughs> size human i don't think and i've ever met a, anyone a that j-
1: tall the tallest person i ever met was six foot seven and that man was ben kissel
0: the top ta- and you know what uh you know matt my friend matt from mm-hmm. florida He's the same size as Ben Kissel, yeah he's six seven
1: that it's a it's a gigantic size like, yeah it didn't help that I was standing on the road and he was standing on the footpath like up a curb, so I really had to look up
0: He took a picture of himself with uh the Tom Willard or some I think that's his name the tallest man that ever lived it was like over seven feet tall, like seven.
1: Like eight feet nine or something, is the thought yeah, something. Yeah,
0: yeah, eight eight something, and he was like, "Now I know how all you shorties feel."
1: <laughs> 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 um. Anyway, Zach Zach's wife was like a twenty eight year old dancer, okay. and he was only eighteen when they met. And this could be conjecture. I honestly don't know. I don't know. I didn't like fact check this stuff, but. The whole thing was they met, They like he fell head over heels for her. She went off traveling for work, which she would do, like oh. on the regular. And after like three weeks, he had like written her letters and, you know, the two of them like just fell hard for each other.
0: That's cute.
1: Yes and no. It seems like a pretty turbulent relationship. Anyway, oh. she came back. They, I think they like were on and off. Eventually she got pregnant. Didn't tell him for a long time then found out that he was only 18
0: oh shit yeah
1: all this kind of drama was going on and then eventually she had the kid and he didn't even realize like he knew she was pregnant but didn't know the kid had been born found out through a friend of hers that he had this kid and that's when he was like no i'm gonna do you right and i'm gonna go join the army and get like a career and this kind of thing i'm gonna grow up take care of these kids he ended up having two kids with her
0: this is a soap opera
1: it yeah seriously so he had served in definitely in iraq and i think he also served in kosovo but like anybody who serves time overseas with the army he was fucked up afterwards like he was traumatized and again i don't know a huge amount of detail but i read that according to friends of his he had befriended a local girl while he lived in iraq okay and you know i don't like, just friendly or whatever with her, like, her family owned a shop in the local town. The shop was blown up one day with her and all of her family in it. Whoa. And this was just one of a handful of things that really fucked him up. Like, this was something that he would talk about over and over again when he came back home. Yeah, super sad. And then, when he did come home, he was trying to get honorably discharged because he had earned medals. Mm -hmm. Like several medals during his time in the army. And I don't know if this is just another medal or what, but he got like the presidential unit citation. Honestly, sounds important. Sounds fucking amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand these kind of things, but he wasn't honorably discharged. Okay. Even though his commanding officer actually wrote a recommendation to support his honorable discharge. He only got general discharge, which meant he could get like veteran benefits. But he couldn't get um, other, like, there's different levels of benefits you can get depending on how you leave the army, I suppose. Mm. But one thing that he definitely couldn't get was the GI Bill education benefits.
0: Oh, And he was
1: very, very bitter about this.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that was the whole point of going to, so you get a career.
1: Yeah, you can try and better yourself, like, Mm -hmm. after putting your life and your mind on the line for a country. But anyway, sometime after he came back, honestly, don't know when, his wife took the kids and left them. I don't know what events led up to this. I know he was really horrifically traumatized after Mm -hmm. his time in the army. And I also know that he was quite the angry drunk. Oh. But again, conjecture. All I know is that they were separated. Mm
0: -hmm. Something went down.
1: Yeah. And this, again, is another thing that he didn't take too well. Of course. Naturally, he did love his kids and, and that. So he found work delivering groceries for a local supermarket and bartending in a French Quarter bar named Buffa's.
0: I wonder if that place is still there. It is. Oh.
1: Yeah. He would deliver groceries on his bicycle, mm. like just all around the French Quarter. Like him, his life from this point on was just in that little uh, square. And I did find out that uh, people who live and work in the French Quarter mm-hmm. call themselves Puerto Ricans. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Love that. Yeah, I will never be cool enough to become a Puerto Rican. Rican. But anyway, I think he like went between bars and stuff like that. But working in one of these bars, he met Adrian Addy Hall in the summer of 2005. Now, Addie had moved to New Orleans from North Carolina and was another, she was a bartender too. Mm -hmm. At the time they met, I believe she was working in the Spotted Cat, which is also still there, I think.
0: Love that name.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, Addie was described as free spirited, artistic, and feisty. She wrote poetry, she taught dance classes, and I think, like anybody who's going to live this lifestyle, a quadruican lifestyle yeah is going to have this type of personality you know be a little bit more eccentric and easygoing mm-hmm. like they're living in houses that have been there for like two or three hundred years <laughs> like right, you know what i right. mean that in its in itself is a little bit different than a regular like suit wearing working stiff anyway Addie had had her own fair share of traumatic events in her life she was molested at a young age and had gone through a few abusive relationships as an adult it is said that she was bipolar, but she wouldn't take her meds, like, routinely. Oh. She would kind of, like a lot of people do, if she felt, like, particularly pissed off one day or something, maybe she would sample the meds that were given to her, but these things are supposed to be taken over a long term. Yes. You know, for them to work. Right. So, it, it would just not really cause her to fucking much. spiral even yeah. more, like, if... Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what usually happens if people, oh. like, take these pills on and off like that you know what i mean
0: oh it makes them worse oh yeah oh i didn't know it
1: that. can it can
0: oh like
1: the whole idea with any antidepressant is you take them over a long course uh-huh. and it stabilizes you whereas if you take them for say and it, it can take anywhere from six months to a year from what i've heard i'm not a fucking doctor for them to actually take the desired thing so for a lot of people it's the placebo of having something initially to kind of take that worry off Mm -hmm. and then after a while they do start working and hey even if the placebo effect works for a long enough you know but the problem is a lot of people will get these pills take them for two or three months and go oh my god these are working great i don't need them anymore and then stop cold turkey and that doesn't help either
0: Mm -hmm.
1: again this is not we're, a fucking, I'm not a doctor. We're I not just,
0: professionals, people. We're just having thin- a conversation. Yeah,
1: from what I have read. So anyway, even the fact that it said that she was bipolar, I think anybody who like, has any sort of depression um, publicly, yeah. a lot of times just gets that kind of title thrown at them. Like, oh, she's bipolar, like whatever. Maybe she was, maybe she wasn't. Either way, she was also a really heavy drinker uh. and a mean drunk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the two of these kind of matched perfectly, you know? Yeah.
0: They were like, yeah, let's paint the town red. Literally. That's my wild girl
1: voice. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> kind of a lot like your deep voice.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. They <laughs> all kind of sound the same. Let's
1: town red. <laughs> um, I'm not oh, good at
0: voices, people. I'm put this book
1: in. <laughs> Either way, their relationship was like what you would expect from these types of not these types of people, but people with this personality type, it was hot and fiery. They fell in love hard and fast. Yeah. Which, you know, typically goes along with heavy drinking and drugs. And what else happened in summer of 2005? Hurricane <laughs> Katrina. Mm. They'd been dating for a few weeks before Hurricane Katrina actually hit. Uh huh. And rather than leave, like most of the people in New Orleans at the time, Zach and Addy decided they were... Again real Puerto Ricans they're gonna sit this one out oh. they're gonna not sit this one out they're gonna hunker down and yeah, stay yeah. there like for the for the weather the storm literally
0: dang that's dangerous
1: Oh dangerous as fuck but the two of them thrived Wow okay the storm came and went luckily I don't think their house had major damage but the two thrived in the chaos that followed the storm really they had no electricity for weeks okay they literally had a fire in the middle of the street where the people who had stayed would congregate that's where they cooked that's where they drank that's where like that was the heart of the community like
0: yeah so interesting
1: oh yeah like it honestly does sound like a great experience they traded drinks for food well i don't know because they were (laughs) well no like honestly it does um, they they would trade drinks for food because they were bartenders. They would be whipping up uh, real legit cocktails. Um, I read somewhere that Zach had actually like stored a bunch of ice from his grocery delivery job uh-huh. in the weeks coming up to our days coming up to the Whoa. event. So I guess it, it held up in the freezer or something, even though the power was off. Uh-huh. Well, for the first few days at least. And
0: I don't know how ice works.
1: I I know a freezer. <laughs> will stay cold for like 12 or 16 hours after the power goes out. Ice is cold. Yes, ice is cold. (laughs) But anyway, this went on for weeks, though. And like other people who had also decided to hunker down, like locals who were from there and wanted to stay with their stuff, but didn't want to stay in their house. They had moved into a hotel, one of the bigger hotels. Mm. But after a few days, like the tap water was shut off and everything like these guys were stranded and isolated and in this like report that i had read the guy was like oh it was great for the first two days and then once the water was shut off that's when the last of the last of the people were like no dude we gotta get the fuck out of here yeah but still zach and addy and a handful of others stayed and Addie apparently became known for flashing the police officers the fuck <laughs> yeah i don't know she would just flash her tits at the police officers <laughs> I don't know whether this was an insult or a motivational move, but it was her thing. (laughs) All right. Yeah.
0: We all have hobbies.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like that, I don't know whether it was, here's some boobs. Great job, guys. Or like, here's some boobs.
0: I'm angry. Yeah.
1: Or like, hey, we need help. And I'm flashing my boobs to get attention. Oh, okay. I don't know. But anyway, I think like that, the two of them were just kind of living in this little commune-esque lifestyle.
0: Sounds like Lord of the Flies.
1: Yeah, kind of. And like while well, everybody everyone was just helping each other out and they didn't have to worry about jobs and insurance shit that was piling up, they were just living. Like I said they cooked on a bonfire in the middle of the street and apparently it was the first time they had actually been able to see stars from the French Quarter. Wow. Because no I mean,
0: pollution, there's nothing going. No
1: light pollution and that place is just lit up constantly. Yeah. Oh, here's where I have my side note about them being got your happy price price line but when everything did eventually go back to normal not that the shit hit the fan but the two of them just didn't seem to adjust back into normal life like they had done so well like and thrived so much in this weird kind of post-apocalyptic yeah like village setting that yeah the two of them continued to live together like sorry i should have said this zach moved in with addy Mm-hmm. To actually weather the storm. Even yeah. though they had only been together for a few weeks. Mm. But they continued living to- with each other. And I guess they were just bad influences on each other. Yeah. Drinking. Doing a lot of cocaine. And constantly. Like I said. They were bartenders. So they were surrounded by that atmosphere.
0: All the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And from other little accounts that I've read. Obviously. New Orleans is a huge party city. Of for tourists and stuff. Yeah. But I guess that tides over for the locals, too. Like, I mean, I guess if you're living in that space, there's a reason why you haven't moved out. And it's because you love to party. Yeah. So and a lot of artists, musicians, you know, like it's just that kind of bohemian lifestyle. And if you wake up at six o'clock at night and go to bed at six o'clock in the morning, that's just a regular thing. Yeah. So basically what I'm trying to say is it seems like an easy place to have a drug or alcohol problem functionally oh you know? i
0: see what you're saying yeah there, it's kind of like that saying where it's like if you hang out at the barber shop long enough you're gonna get a haircut
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah anyway they lasted like oh,
0: this time you get cocaine
1: this time you get cocaine and a lot of <laughs> and a, a lot of really nice cocktails apparently <laughs> so over the course of the next year their drinking and drugging just got worse and worse eventually they started missing days or started missing work for like days at a time and I don't know whether the lease was just coming to an end on Addy's place, but the reports that I read said the two of them got kicked out. Oh, I'm not sure how kicked out they got. Like, you know what I mean? What led up to that or whether they just didn't get their lease renewed, whatever. I don't know the ins and outs.
0: Could be the fighting. The fighting will get you kicked out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's how they ended up at 826 North Rampart Street. They moved in here around the end of September, 2006. So an entire year and a bit after, um, Katrina. After Katrina, and this little apartment building. Oh, sorry, it's not an apartment building; it's a little
0: like a duplex.
1: No, no, no. It's it's like a typical New Orleans cottage-style house that has an upper floor. Like, look it up. It's really nice looking. Obviously, I'll have pictures on the Instagram and stuff. But they just rented one room at the top of it. Underneath was the New Orleans Voodoo spiritual temple which, like everything in New Orleans, serves a purpose. People go there to buy little trinkets as well as actually worship whatever religious views they have. But as soon as people heard about this, they were like, oh, my God, there was a demon. It was voodoo, curses, blah, 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 evil. I don't buy into it. It just really added fuel to the, the fire that was the rumors and theories surrounding this whole case. But at this point, Zach and Addy were literally breaking up every few days, mm. and according to one friend of theirs, his name is down here somewhere. It's DeVas, I think.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and he had like stuck around through Katrina as well. Like this dude is like a OG. Seems like just a really fucking cool guy.
0: A cool Puerto
1: Rican. A yeah, fucking cool Puerto Rican. Yeah, like if I lived near New Orleans and I knew this guy, that would be like a badge of honor. Like, yeah. <laughs> um. But anyway, Zach at this point was literally carting his stuff back and forth on his delivery bike, bicycle, not even a motorcycle, from Addie's place to this, like, shitty hotel. But they just couldn't leave each other alone. Like, they'd break up, be gone, like, separated for three or four days. Zach would be living in this shady little hotel. And then a few days later, like, they'd get back in touch. And then he'd move back in with Addie, And then it would, you know, all happen again. But somehow... They had managed to get the money up for first and last month's rent, which was rare at the time because most people were still fucked up from Katrina. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I think people who didn't live in New Orleans or Louisiana and the surrounding areas during Katrina, I don't think the reality of what actually happened there hit anybody else. No. Like, I remember hearing about it. I was like, God, that's terrible. We don't have hurricanes. And then like three or four years later, I was watching an episode of Top Gear where they had like done some stupid challenge, like buy a thousand dollar car and race it across the state. And by the time they got there, like they ended up donating the cars to families who were still struggling years later, struggling like they didn't have roofs on their houses and stuff like it looked like a a shanty town. So anyway. All that to say this landlord fucking jumped at the opportunity to rent this house or this apartment to this couple who had first and last month's rent and seemingly steady income as well from the bars and grocery store. He was so eager, he didn't even give them any paperwork. Whoa. Yeah. But on October 4th, Addie came knocking at his door saying that she needed a six-month lease. Like, she needed it written in paper, blah, blah, blah. And so he literally wrote one up on a piece of paper.
0: He wrote six months lease and that was it pretty fucking much (laughs) just those words
1: yeah not far off but next thing he's getting a phone call from zach saying something along the lines of dude you just gave addie a lease what the fuck she's kicking me out now because you only wrote her name on this piece of paper the landlord's like hold on what the fuck is happening like i thought she needed it for work or something like you know what i mean
0: yeah Why are you roping your landlord into this? I know. That's not his fault.
1: Fucking poor old Leo Watermeyer still owns the place. But (laughs) the landlord rushes over to 826. He could have been next door. I don't know. (laughs) I just know he is another Puerto Rican. So he rushes over to 826 and finds the couple in the doorway screaming at each other. Addie said she had caught Zach cheating on her. And the landlord was just like... What the fuck have I gotten myself into? Yeah. Eventually, I think it either calmed down or they just went inside. But she assured him that she's going to take care of the place. You know, he doesn't need to worry about anything. And he just says, look, you guys need to sort this out yourselves. Right. I'm your landlord, not your fucking marriage counselor. Right. couples counselor. But obviously, as we know, things did not calm down. What happened next is taken from Zach's suicide note confession. And I'm going to warn you guys, this is rough. Like, this is really, really hard to... It was hard for me to read. And I'm up to my tits in this kind of stuff every week. But this was a particularly harsh case.
0: You do have large tits. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) But I also will say I tried so freaking hard to find the actual full like note because everywhere i was just finding snippets like little quotes here and there but i eventually got onto like the police records website
2: uh-huh.
1: i couldn't even get it from there
2: uh-huh. like there had
1: been an old expired request on there and that was from like uh some big tv company anyway i can't think of it right now but l- like abc or something like that and they had been denied so i was like okay yeah they're not gonna yeah deny abc and then give it to Adam from Weekly Creep,
0: (laughs) but I tried
1: anyway. So this is
0: so this is LP. What LP would regard as gold star material?
1: Yes, the last podcast would definitely call this gold star. I would think.
0: Meaning, if you survive this, if you if you can stomach this material, guys, you get a gold star.
1: Yeah, we still don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Anyway. This is a quote from the what I could accumulate of the letter. Quote, She had stolen this apartment. In brackets, ask Leo Watermeyer, the landlord. He'll explain that one. Tried to kick me out, then would not shut the fuck up. So I very calmly strangled her. <gasps> it was very quick. Then, after sexually defiling the body a few times, I was posed with the question of how to dispose of the corpse. So Zach killed Addy around 1am and then did whatever he did and he passed out at some stage, eventually waking up to go to work the next morning. A friend of his saw him that day and Zach told him that him and Addy had had a real falling out. She took her bags. She went home to North Carolina. The friend did say that he looked pretty disheveled, but I don't think that's anything too crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Too out of the ordinary.
0: Yeah. If you're a hardcore drinker.
1: Hardcore drinking and drugging constantly, yeah. Yeah. And even the fact that the two of them had had a big major row, the friend was like, "Oh, you know, just them again." Adding, yeah. Like as usual. But anyway, Zach returned to the apartment around nine o'clock that evening and wrote, "I came home, moved the body to the tub, got a saw and hacked off her feet, hands, and head. Put her in the oven after giving it an awful haircut." Put her hands and feet in the water on the range. Then I got drunk, and some hours later, turned off the stove, filled the tub with water, and passed out. So, Addie was murdered around 1am on Thursday evening, and Zach wrote, quote, Sunday night I sawed off the rest of the legs and arms and put them in roasting pans, stuck them in the oven, and passed out. I came to, seven hours later, with an awful smell emanating from the kitchen, I turned off the oven and went to work Monday. This would be the last day I'd work. Zach then proceeded to get absolutely fucked up and he disappeared for two days, supposedly spending a lot of his time at strip clubs, plowing through bottles of jemisin and doing a lot of cocaine. Eventually, he met back up with his and Addy's friends. Uh, I think it's Deveas. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say it. D-E-V-E-L-L-A-S. He met back up at DeVeas and the two of them had a great night out. More strip clubs and drinking. Zach was treating his friend like all night. And DeVayas said, quote, He was back to being old Zach, happy-go-lucky, smiling, having a great time. But then he said something that mirrored exactly what Addie had said about him the last time I saw her. I'm not who everybody thinks I am. Three nights after this, DeVayas was throwing a housewarming party. And Zach was there, the heart of the party, keeping everyone in cocktails until the sun came up. When the last guest left, Zach and Devas sat in the living room listening to Ray LaMontagne. Did I say LaMontagne?
0: I don't know who that is.
1: Okay, so I just Googled how to say Ray LaMontagne's name. It's either Ray LaMontagne. I think it's pronounced Ray LaMontagne. Anyway, when the last guest left, Zach and Devaez sat in the living room listening to Ray LaMontagne's album Trouble. Which had apparently been the soundtrack to their survival through Katrina and was a shared favorite of both Zach and Addie. And to be honest, it had been mentioned in so many different articles, this album, Mm -hmm. that I ended up listening to it as I was writing this and it really fucking set a mood. Not my cup of tea exactly, not a bad album, but
0: it gave you a feel.
1: It gave me the, like, it put me in this fucking apartment. You know what I mean? Sun coming up, the two of them bleary eyed. Just talking bollocks, you know what I mean? Really, like absolutely hammered two buddies.
0: Don't miss that.
1: Oh no, I don't miss that either. <laughs> but <laughs> a shitty feeling. Yeah, it was also just a real um like sign of the times. I think the album had come out in two thousand and four, so it was just really summed it up. I think. Yeah. So around six thirty a.m., Zach got up, shook the Vayas hand, and said, "I'm going on vacation. See you later." That was said to be his last day alive which according to his obituary was the 18th of October, but the call to report this body came in on the on the 17th. So I'm not entirely sure which one of these might be wrong, or if perhaps the death certificate time like wasn't, or the death certificate wasn't filled out until the 18th. Yeah. Either way, it says the 18th on his grave, but the call was put in on October 17th and the letter that he left For the police to find was written on Monday, October 16th at 2 a.m. Again, I tried so fucking hard to find this letter, but um, this is one of the most common paragraphs that I came across. And I think it gives a pretty good insight into how he was feeling as he went about his last few days. Mm -hmm. Quote. Halfway through the task in parentheses of dismembering her, I stopped and thought about what I was doing. The decision to halt the first idea and move to plan B, the crime scene you are now in, came after a while. I scared myself not by the action of calmly strangling the woman I've loved for one and a half years and then, in brackets, desecrating her body, but by my entire lack of remorse. I've known for forever how horrible of a person I am. Ask anyone and decided to quit my jobs and spend the $1,500 cash I had being happy until I killed myself. So that's what I did. Good food, good drugs, good strippers, good friends, and any loose ends I may have had. I didn't contact my family, so that'll explain the shock, and had a fantastic time living out my days. It's just about time now. So after saying goodbye to his friend of Zach went to the Omni Royal Hotel rooftop bar, on October 17th, and opened a tab. He drank quite a bit, and then, after a few practice runs, which are recorded on the Hotel CCTV, he eventually goes through with it and throws himself over the edge, landing on the car park below. Police found that he had 28 cigarette burns on his body, which, according to his letter, represented, quote, Every year he was a failure. He was only 28 years old, so that was the...
0: That's so wild.
1: Crazy. When detectives actually got to the apartment, the landlord let them in, but understandably didn't want to go upstairs. They found Zach's wife's phone number spray-painted on the wall so she could be notified, as well as a note directing police to the pots on the stove. One contained Addie's head. Another had her hands and feet. A basting pan in the oven had her arms and legs, and her torso was in the fridge. ...wrapped in a plastic bag. The apartment was cold, too. The air conditioning had been set to 60 degrees to help slow decomposition. And the fact that Zach had cooked Addie's remains sparked rumours of cannibalism. And the police were quick to report that the autopsy stated that there was no evidence to support this at all. But I think the rumours weren't helped because some websites... ...one of these I actually used as a source, but obviously not for this reason... It literally said, quote, a friend of mine told me that he saw the pics of the crime scene and you could clearly see evidence that someone had eaten and blah, blah, blah. So don't believe all of these websites. I will just say that. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying that it's pure conjecture. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And in a lot of newspaper reports, so not just handy-dandy little websites, but actual newspaper reports, they were saying there was seasoning. There was like... Uh, roast vegetables, being prepared. Again, I tried to find the crime scene pictures and I couldn't. So I'm not saying this did or didn't happen, but...
0: I just don't think he'd be into vegetables. I mean... It's just me. It
1: seems like a stretch, you know what I mean? If,
0: yeah. If I'm doing so much cocaine and drinking so much booze all the time, I just don't think I'd be into vegetables.
1: I don't think he'd even be that hungry at all. Like, right. never mind... I think what happened was he found himself in this situation, needed to dispose of, of her body. And I will note that he, from what I've read in the letter, like he stops calling Addy her or or them or anything. It's just the body.
0: Yeah, to detach. So,
1: yeah, he had completely switched off and was just thinking, oh, this is a problem that I need to make go away. How am I going to do that?
0: Right. What I think is crazy is that he had the forethought to cook the body so that it wouldn't smell.
1: Well, yeah, this was one thing and as well, um would be easier to dispose of. Right. Like anyway.
0: Soft meat is easier to dispose.
1: Yeah. Separating bone from flesh, right. all this kind of thing. So like I said, this murder took place above the New Orleans Voodoo Spiritual Temple. I think was the official name at the time. So like that didn't help fucking rumors either. Like, right. "Oh my god, cannibalistic necrophile."
0: With vegetables. With with
1: vegetables over the voodoo temple. Like Mm. someone called Scooby-Doo in the gang.
0: Yeah.
1: But that's not to say that the place isn't haunted or anything like that. And I did go and get myself another uh, free pass to Discovery+. (laughs) Plus. Every time I see an ad for Discovery+, Plus, I'm like, oh my God, I need this. And then I get on there and I'm like, there's nothing on here for me to watch. (laughs) But uh, Nick Groff and Katrina Weidman. Oh, Par- is that why you were watching
0: lockdown. them the other
1: day? Yeah, because oh. they went and... Stayed, they, so Paranormal Lockdown, for those who don't know, Nick Groff used to be in Ghost Adventures, and they him and Zach Bagans went their separate ways. But Paranormal paranormal Lockdown is they spend 72 hours in a location.
0: Oh, and they spent it here?
1: Yeah, and they spent it here. Wow. No, I didn't realize that. I, I think I have seen it in passing, but I didn't realize they did such long stretches.
0: That is long.
1: Yeah and like they sleep eating shit there You know what I mean Yeah. So the rumours that come about the house Itself is that apparently It was used to torture Slaves way back when Okay. No evidence to support this But past tenants Claim to have experienced the presence Of a small child Mm -hmm. And you know yourself people come crawling out of the woodwork To say oh my god I was there and I Saw a little girl with fucking red eyes And blah 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 People now claim that they experience feeling watched as soon as they step into the place. But these people also know what happened there. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? Anyway, the woman who lives there now, or rents out the bottom part, I'm not sure how the leasing operation works. Her name is Bloody Mary. And she's a white voodoo priestess, as in white-skinned. Like, So, she does offer tours of the place, Mm. which, you know... There's a lot of controversy over. We would probably do do the tour, though. I -hmm. think it's just because it's such a fresh thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would go and probably be like, I'm not going to tell anybody. But I do still want to go. But because it's such a recent (laughs) event, it's so fucking... um, (laughs) It's just so fresh and raw, especially for the New Orleans people.
0: Especially because of the family of... Exactly. They're still alive. Yeah,
1: both Addy and Zach. Yeah. So the other fucking gnarly thing about this is the actual oven and bathtub and fridge are still in the place (gasps) as recently as like i think four years ago anyway oh because again to do with katrina there was such a backlog on everything that appliances and stuff were even hard to come by Yeah, and then i think it became clear that he wasn't going to be able to rent this place out to a like regular tenants afterwards anyway so i don't think he went out of his way to try and replace them but this bloody mary one obviously this is like the center fucking point of her tour Mm -hmm. and the apartment is so small that like you there's no avoiding it i see you go in there you see this little like like range range. like uh, standalone range jinx
0: Uh (laughs) uh-huh um
1: so yeah the place does look gnarly it also caught fire not that long ago like as in like six years ago or something yeah so there's no ceiling in the apartment whoa so when nick groff and katrina Uh stayed there you know my friend katrina (laughs) (laughs) it just it added to it like you know what i mean like it was literally just bare uh, beams but while they were there the one thing they did say was that past people past tenants had reported this presence of a small child and they did pick up on kind of like a
0: child's voice
1: childish uh activity mm. like at one point they had just a piece of i think it was like charcoal or something just fucked at them from the attic mm. and uh like understandably they were like what the fuck is this yeah stuff being thrown at them and then they have something like a spirit box i had never seen it and they did pick up you know some interesting it's phrases noises. and stuff like that oh, okay definitely a man definitely a woman but who knows and i completely lost my train of thought what was i gonna say that uh,
0: charcoal normally doesn't behave that way
1: charcoal doesn't normally <laughs> behave that way but also they did catch a shadow oh yeah in one of the cameras i think katrina was up there on her own or something for a minute and mm-hmm. i don't even think she noticed at the time but you can clearly see a shadow like moving anyway i started reading this on week and weird Which is the Newkirks Greg and Dana Newkirk from Hellyer Their website Mm -hmm. Which uh, I go to every now and then And I'm like let's just have a little look See (laughs) But I had this uh, I had the address written on my list Mm -hmm. So I was like oh let me actually look into this And there's just so much rumor To the ghost story That when I actually realized The girth of the Story the ghost stories Were emanating from I was like, holy fuck. Like, respectfully, Greg Newkirk, who writes for The Week in Weird, and Nick Groff both separately said this was just a really sad case. Nobody believes that there was like a demon involved because of the voodoo priestess that lived underneath. Nothing like this. But that's not to say that the place is now fucking super haunted and was haunted by the child before this. But now mediums are saying that this child ghost witnessed everything oh so again mediums but just another interesting like twist on the whole fucking that's so interesting yeah but yeah at the end of the day it's just a really really fucked up case and a really sad story of uh, a young young couple
0: yeah
1: i mean i'm 30 i'm about to retire (laughs) he was only 28 you know what i mean yeah but now it was a really really sad story and messed up and just really good example of what ptsd drinking and drugging can do
0: yeah there's there's victims in everywhere here
1: yeah and we've reached the point in the story where it's so sad and depressing i don't know what to talk about next to make you go ha 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 so we're just gonna take a sharp left turn and uh i don't know ignore the fact that we just spoke about horrendous murder and stuff like that for the last hour or so
0: Here's what we can do. We can talk about the tarot card of the day.
1: Tarot card of the day? (laughs) Hilarious.
0: Yeah. So the tarot card of the day is the Ten of Swords.
1: Love the Ten of Swords. My favorite.
0: It's time to admit that something is over. It's time to let it go. Stop thinking about it. Stop talking about it. There's no need to get in the last word. Let it go and move on. If you don't you'll only be dragging out your own suffering. Something new is awaiting you. Create space to let it in.
1: And that's the end of Weekly Creep, everybody. (laughs) Jesus Christ. What an appropriate card for the end of that story.
0: I know. Take the lessons you've learned with you so you don't make the same mistakes again. And that is the message of the day, guys.
1: All right. So whoever needed to hear that, I hope that hit right. And, I want to uh, do
0: that. You, shall we do the, the tarot card of the day at the end of the episodes? You let us know.
1: Yeah, let us know what you guys think of the tarot card of the day.
0: Yeah, and I'll put a, pull a tarot card for you guys.
1: And with that, we hope you all have the best fucking weekend. Happy Friday. I have to wake up in six hours for one of my jobs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just being cranky and grumpy. But yeah, we really appreciate every single one of you. Um also if you're still listening, shout out to the guys from the gym that started listening. Yay!
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, one of them messaged me earlier on. He's currently up in San Antonio for a month and he was like, Don't worry, I'll get some San Antonio listeners for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the family. Yeah, absolutely. And uh yeah, if you're listening on iTunes, please don't forget to leave us a rating and review. We really, really need them because that makes us look better and also brings us up in suggestions that makes Um, us look pretty makes us look so fucking pretty
0: please make me pretty
1: feel free to join our (laughs) patreon for as little as two dollars a month we have a buttload of videos on there also video versions of shorter extra creep episodes and yeah instagram facebook all that bullshit if you're still listening we love you and
0: and eat your vegetables
1: just your vegetables yeah that's it i'm a vegan i don't eat people
0: I don't eat people either. Good, good. I I don't think, (laughs) if you're not a vegan, that (laughs) doesn't exactly mean you eat people.
1: Well, not according to the uh, vegan propaganda pages that I follow. Anyway, good night, everybody. Good night. Bye.